Big John Taylor, mercenary, soldier of fortune. He's more than a man. He's a walking death machine. Candy O'Perrin, sexy undercover cop. Her deadliest weapon is her body. Mike O'Malley, Hollywood's top stuntman. What do you want us to do? Fight our champions. Only this time, the action's for real. And Rick Chan, black belt, primed for action with one blow. But death blow. Only two words describe the power and fury of this unstoppable team. Raw force. Join them as their carefree vacation cruise turns into hell on the high seas. What was that? Final port of call. Warrior Island. Uncharted and unexplored. We should not be here. Burial grounds for martial arts masters from the past. Their resting place is defiled. They rise from the dead to avenge their honor. Who will win, the living or the living dead? Join John Dresden, Jillian Kesner, Jeff Benny, Raymond King, and Cameron Mitchell. band together with the incredible power of raw force, untamed and unleashed to kill. To they called us a movie testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time subscribe to the podcast on itunes and other podcast services by searching they called us a movie and find us on twitter and instagram at tick pod that's t-c-d-a-m pod we are also now a proud member of geek vibes nation and you could find them at gvnation.com welcome back to they called us a movie this is anthony delvecchio and with me as always is dan aquino and mark myers say hello gentlemen hello friends hello I just want to get right into the movie thing because I actually watch movies this week. So I'm primed to go. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. No, no bit this week. So uh, guys, what do you watch this week? Dan, what about you? Oh, uh, obviously we're going to talk about the big one here and might as well just go into it. Uh, Mike Myers, the Pentaveret. Nice. Yeah. Same. I watched as well. Oh God. I I no, (laughs) no joke. I think Mike Myers plays nine characters in that show. Okay, I I don't know what this is. (laughs) Oh, oh, well, strap yourself in, friend. Uh, All right, so it's essentially a, it's like the Illuminati. And they're an English organization that's all run, it's all Mike Myers. Every every member is Mike Myers, except for uh, uh, Peel, not Peel, Key. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key is in it. But it's all about... um, uh, I'm trying to think of what the word is. Uh, conspiracy theorists and all that, you know. So, like Mike Myers plays a Canadian journalist who's trying to get this hard-hitting story. So he goes to this conspiracy theory convention, and Mike Myers plays a right-wing uh, talk show host. And then Mike Myers also plays a bunch of people f- at the convention. It's 
It's the same thing as when we watched The Master of Disguise, right? I was just going to ask you if he dresses up as a turtle looking to get into the Turtle Club. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> but we, we had come to the conclusion that comedy has just passed these guys by at this mm-hmm. point. And it's super evident in the pentaveret with Mike Myers. And I, I love Mike Myers, but the answer to revitalizing your career is not playing a host of characters in a show that no one wants that anymore. Yeah. And it's, I watched two episodes ungodly funny and I, I, I couldn't take ungod- it anymore. Ungodly, uh, not funny or ungodly funny, ungodly unfunny. Okay. There okay. Go. Yeah. Did I say funny? I meant unfunny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So ungodly unfunny. Um, yeah. It, I mean, I'll, I'll just to show you where they're at in the pentaveret. They have Bigfoot as their watchdog, and there's a scene where Bigfoot poops in the hallway. Nice. So mm. I think that's all you really need to know. Yeah. Mike, Mike Myers just needs to take the uh, Martin Short approach and just do a couple serious things for like a year or two, and then try yeah. and come back to a comedy. I, I, it doesn't. I don't even know if it has to be that. I just, just think they need to, like guys like them just to have to try and be subtle in their old age. You know, I think that's what keeps Steve Martin and Martin Short surviving yeah, yeah subtlety. Right like uh only murders in the building i don't know if you guys have seen that i've caught a couple episodes and they're very low-key yeah and they're, yeah, they're not over the point, top there comes a point where you're too old to not be low-key right it becomes embarrassed like secondhand yeah. embarrassment basically yeah i, <laughs> That's I what can't it sounds like this movie this show is yeah i can't imagine steve martin just like doing fart jokes at this age, you know, and, but he's never done that in his career, but he's still, uh, he's also too old to do, to do the jerk, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, he has more dignity here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mike Myers just, yeah, again, it just, you know, he's taken so many years off from being in something and then he just like, Oh, you know what? He, he went back to the well. Oh, everybody loved Mike Myers when I played four different characters. I'll just do that again. Like yeah. that, that's not why we liked you in the first place. You know, that's disappointing. Yeah. I don't know anything is. about this and uh, I don't plan to know more. Yeah. It's not, it's not good. Not good at all. Okay. Uh, Mark, what about you? Yeah. So um, obviously we have a big one, but um, I finally, cause bullying works people. Yep. Um, don't let anyone tell you differently. Um, I went and saw everything everywhere all at once um, this week. And I apologize, Ant. I should have listened to you sooner. Yep, I told the, you. The movie is fantastic. And I will admit one thing that I've probably said on this podcast a bunch of times. I don't know why I ever doubt when Anthony gives me a recommendation. There's one mm-hmm. thing he does know. It's like, okay, Mark will like this movie um, when you bring it up. Because um, you watch a whole bunch of other stuff that you never mentioned to me. Yep. You know, in terms of horror genre. But then when you do mention something to me, it's always on the money. Um, so I should have listened to you with this one. Um, it is try your best out there. And I'm not going to talk about much of it to not watch anything going in because I think I saw one, maybe half of a trailer um, about it, maybe a quick little 30 second spot. And there's so many, so much stuff surprised me. Um, and their idea of the multiverse um, is, is so well thought out um, and funny how they tie it into everything. Um, and it, it was really well done. And Michelle Yao still doing a lot of the, you know, I'm assuming that was her and not a stunt double doing some of the martial arts stuff at 60 years old. is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
there. It's a great. And, it's great. Yeah, it's fantastic, and um, just so many performances come out. Um, like people show up in that movie. Um, that if you're like a, um, like I just learned of one beforehand that I won't spoil for anybody who wants to be surprised out there. Um, but yeah, it's well done. It's very focused. The pacing is great. Um, I will admit that most people, um, myself included, will be sitting there for about the first third to a half, like not uh, like liking what's going on, but going, I don't, I don't see where this, the point, like they haven't got to a point yet. And then something happens about that point in the movie and it clicks and you're like, oh, this is genius. Like, and it's just, it, it was, it was one of the more profound moments in that sense that I've had in a theater in a while. And then I just thoroughly enjoyed the rest of the movie even more from there on out. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it when it comes out to streaming or whatever, because I had to watch like one of two showings at a location. I'm glad I caught it in the theater. Um, yeah, a lot of good audience reaction from the like half dozen people that were here for this showing that I was at, um, like getting all the jokes and, you know, and it was a mixture of ages. Like it wasn't one of those that you had to be a certain age to get some of the references. Um, but yeah, yeah, I recommend it. And there's one thing that just comes out of nowhere that seems really stupid at the time, but I can't stop thinking about it um, in there. And uh, you'll have to see it. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, but yeah, highly, highly recommend it. Um, it. It is really good and um, probably the best multiverse movie released in the last two months. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's a great segue into the big movie that we all got a chance to see this week. I don't have anything else that I watched this week, so we could just get right into it. We're probably going to spoil it. So if you're listening to this, which I assume you are because you're hearing my voice, uh, check the description. If you haven't seen Multiverse of Madness yet, uh, I will put down the timestamp of when you could safely listen back. Um, So check it out Uh, again. We're going to get we're forewarning. We are going to spoil it. So, gentlemen, we all watched. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness of or in or something like that. And I don't know. But yeah, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, what are your thoughts? Can I ask one uh, per, like procedural movie like uh, scripting? I guess it's a scripting question, but like a definition question. Would, would you say that Stephen Strange is not the protagonist of this movie? No, I think he still is. I think he is. He's definitely not the most interesting person in this movie. I don't. I, for some reason, I just felt I felt Wanda was. Well, she was the antagonist. Um, she's definitely the antagonist. Okay, oh, maybe I was yeah. thinking of it different. Yeah, I, I would say you know I I thought uh, America Chavez was probably more interesting. Uh, I I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of her. Um, yeah, just exploring that, and I, you know what? I'm sure that they'll dive into her in future installments as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I thought they they were very tame with this movie in terms of uh, the multiverse. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I'm glad that they didn't give in to us nerds and like, oh well, we have to throw in Ben Affleck's Daredevil and uh, Nick Cage's Ghost Rider and just like you know, because then you get bogged down and you kind of lose sight of a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I. I would say I wasn't looking for any of that. I would say, so just top level, I thought the movie was fine. It was good. I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, I feel like it's middle of the pack sort of MCU, like a seven out of 10. 
one of the things that I wanted to see more of is not necessarily exploring the multiverses into getting those cameos. I just kind of wanted to see them have more fun with it and like, you know, to bring it back to everything, everything everywhere all at once. There's a lot of multiverse play there and you see different versions of Michelle Yao. I wanted to see more of that. I want to see more versions of Doctor Strange. You know, they have that glimpse where they go through like a whole bunch of them in like a matter of seconds where one of them mm-hmm. is like a paint um, yeah. world and stuff like that. And I wanted more of that. Um, we get like maybe three Doctor Stranges that are, you know, besides the one that's dead, which was kind of <laughs> was which was fun. I'm not going to yeah. say yeah. it's not fun, but the the variations on the on Doctor Strange was limited. And I yeah. think they could have had there was opportunity to explore that in a more fun way, I felt. Yeah, yeah. they they definitely didn't take advantage of that. Um, and it was hard seeing those two movies because it's all in back to back days. Mm-hmm. Um, how much, you know, uh, Doctor Strange missed out on even all the characters they brought, you know, that that were shown in multiple universes. You know, Wanda's not much different you know, across it outside of obviously in the one where she goes a little crazy and fully takes on Scarlet Witch. But, um, you know, there's no, there. Every, everything seems to be static um, for the two main characters. Like they didn't want to deviate too much and alienate people, I guess. I don't know. Um, because I was, I was looking forward to a lot different takes on, on Strange um, because he, he tends to be better as a as a background character more than leading so giving me more personality may have had me enjoy him a little bit more but yeah yeah the the only thing that that really saved part of it is that when they did do the cameos and all that stuff um they didn't like spread it out throughout the movie maybe i'm weird for thinking that i like that it was all condensed um for the most part um so that it wasn't like, oh, this person here, and then 10 minutes later, oh, this person. And then 15 minutes later, oh, that guy um, shows up. And them having a real reason behind those people all showing up and then just watching Wanda wipe the floor with them mm-hmm. might have been my favorite moment in the movie. Um, just uh, just because of how, how arrogant they showed them being. But yeah, it was. I wish they would have like at least given us um like different locations like i guess for set purposes it all had to be whatever set they use for new york um Mm -hmm. as the multiverses but i would like to have seen some type of different landscape um but yeah i i think what what i liked about this movie and so right off the bat you know i'm biased i've said this before yeah everything everywhere all at once clearly the better movie i had more more fun with Doctor Strange because I I love the comics. I'm yeah. I, I hold I, I'm not going to pretend that it's not that everything everywhere all at once is not the better movie. I, I acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the idea that you know the the entire time everyone's afraid of Wanda or like we're supposed to be like oh Wanda's the she's the worst she's the worst but everywhere Stephen goes he's the most dangerous. At least that's what they're saying, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's the greatest threat. He's the greatest threat. Um, and it, it 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 was good to see Sam Raimi back in the director's chair. Uh, there was some a, a few like jump scares in this movie that I I really dug, and I I thought they did some neat camera work. Uh, yeah. 
with with Scarlet Witch uh, especially, like um, when she attacks Kamataje, and she's she's using the uh, reflections to yeah. to attack people. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, like Anthony touched on the zombie strange with, the, with using a cloak of the damned. Uh, yeah. That that was, was fun. He was essentially a deadite, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you had those those uh, infamous Raimi shots where like the 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 camera does that that zoom in with the doors closing and uh, like it felt like uh, with Wanda when she attacks the Illuminati, her eyes are glowing red, and you just you just see the eyes. Uh, yeah. It's it was genuinely the creepiest Marvel movie, and I really appreciated that they did something different in that way. Yeah, I don't know definitely. how they kept the PG thirteen. I do. I mean, that's not that bad. No. Uh, I mean, it, she's not covered in blood. She's covered in like robot oil. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. the The things I liked about it were basically it feeling like a Raimi movie. Yeah. And Wanda. I really liked Wanda in this. Uh, the as Mark mentioned, when she just absolutely bodies the Illuminati, it, I loved it. I was secretly rooting against John Krasinski being Reed Richards, to be honest with you. I didn't I, mind it. It's just the co- the incessant conversation of how everybody just wanted him to be Reed Richards. I was just yeah. over it. I was over it. I was just like, I want anybody else. And I'd be so ha- so much happier. Well, you might get your wish going forward. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a one-time thing. I yeah. doubt it, though, at this point. Everyone, um, everyone like, creamed themselves when he showed up. Yeah, my... my showing was pretty tame and maybe it was because i saw it at 9 45 on a sunday but oh, no, there was I, there was no pops uh i, no, I mean I, like the I, internet creamed yeah. themselves <laughs> yeah it was spoiled for me because it like yeah. his name his name just wind wound up trending on twitter mm-hmm. and it, like on the yeah. sidebar it was like well there's that can mean only one thing right because <laughs> i'm not yeah. an idiot i yeah i, I thought the, the way she takes them down like she, uh, she ex- like essentially explodes Black Bolt's head. That was the best uh, part. That, that, was, yeah, that was fucking great. I was not expecting that. Uh, that that was really cool. Uh, and then, <laughs> just, yeah, she just like I will say I kind of groaned when Captain Carter did. I could do this all day. I was like, come on. <laughs> there was some we cringy. Know. Yeah, there was some <laughs> cheesy dialogue. That yeah. and um uh. Rachel McAdams saying "Go back to hell." It's like, man, that was that was just super on the nose. Yeah. Like, that's like a that's like a placeholder line. Like, we'll come yeah. back to this one. Like, yeah. that's yeah. the best we got. <laughs> I did. I had a good laugh watching uh, the the half in a bag from Red Letter Media when he just kept naming other white actresses that weren't Rachel McAdams. Um, <laughs> he was like, uh, was it Jessica Chastain? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't really think there was any reason to have her in there. Mm, yeah. Now yeah. that you think of, now that you mention it, not really. Right. Cause you, you just focus on strange Chavez Wanda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. And Wong keep Wong in there. Wong was fun. He, he keeps yeah. strange grounded. Yeah, Wong's yeah. O- Wong always steals every scene he's in. I yeah, he's great. He's a good addition to the uh, MCU, and I'm. I was really. Ha- I know this is like you know very nitpicky or whatever, but I was really happy that they named him the Sorcerer Supreme because mm-hmm. that's what would happen in real life. Yeah, yeah, as yeah, well he the, should be. Yeah, one hundred percent. 
it just circling back on Wanda, the the delivery, I got chills, the delivery when she looks at him and goes, this is me being reasonable. Yeah, that was interesting. shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She that... didn't. She didn't overact it. She didn't like re- just kept it in, in the same tone she was talking to him as. And I'm like, fuck, she has something like she she been reading that dark hold a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, when she the, the camera work or the, the special effects when she's picking out which, uh, I guess, sorcerer to invade their mind and how she just appears behind them. I thought yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, every every awesome part was essentially Wanda. Yeah, she, um, it was. It, she stole the movie. She stole yeah. this movie. And I think end. I was gonna say I think that's why Mark was you know oh maybe she's the protagonist. Uh, I I still think it's a Stephen Strange movie, but yeah, it it was mostly it was a Wanda. It, yeah. it was really Wanda that stole the show. Yeah, just that even after she you know destroys the Illuminati, that whole scene like when they're in the the bunker, yes. I guess. Getting, oh, like the, it feels so much like a horror movie. Yeah, like being cha- it's almost like she they're being chased by the Terminator. Yeah, Terminator or Jason or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Someone uh, yelled behind me when they stopped. Someone right. goes, "Why are you running?" <laughs> like, oh, run, and, and, run. <laughs> and then she appears out of the shadows. There, oh, it's so good. It it's it felt horror. It felt like yeah. a horror movie at that point, and I loved it. Yeah, it kind of makes me wish that they would give Raimi just the keys, you know, mm-hmm. to just like let him do whatever he's going because, you know, he they still prior they definitely reined him in. And, yeah, you know, a lot of the, they gave him parameters and they did. Looks like they gave him some leash. I, but... I will campaign him for him to do a Scarlet Witch movie. Sure. Yeah, I I would love to see him come back for a Scarlet Witch movie or another Doctor Strange movie. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the I think the fact that this movie has to be a Doctor Strange movie is its detriment. I just don't think mm-hmm. he's that interesting for a solo film. No. Like, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is a good actor, but I just don't think his character is all that interesting. Like supporting roles. He's he's interesting in the Avengers movies. He's interesting uh, in Spider-Man in the small time that we have with him. Like he yeah. was more interesting in Infinity War and Endgame. I guess more Infinity War than Endgame. Because I, I, I think they pinned him against, like they they pinned that character to in a corner because mm-hmm. I mean this is a character who who has had in the comics his own run uh, successfully, and you know they, they've delved into some really dark stuff in the comics, and I think they kind of, I, I again I think they kind of ruin the character in a way where he is more interesting in groups or with another hero. And not by himself. Yeah, I would also like to see more Bruce Campbell, like him show up in every single multiverse. (laughs) Jen made a good point at the end. Like they missed the golden opportunity for him to hack his hand off. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get like I didn't make that connection until like a little bit after, like when he says it's over. Yeah, Yeah. that would have been great. And let's talk about the most important thing: who wants pizza balls? (laughs) that's an interesting invention for sure yeah uh yeah i i agree and i think this is definitely a a solid a seven out of ten as you're gonna get yes it's uh it it left some things on the table but for what it is i enjoyed it yeah i had a good time but yeah yeah it is it is it's 
it is funny that it they they've worked 12 years or however long marvel 14 years i guess at this point to get to this point and introduce the multiverse and really get to play in the multiverse and the year it comes out a movie that has a third of the budget maybe comes out no no previous movies to build it up and i mean it doesn't matter it's just it's just man it's like that's pretty impressive i mean it it says more to it says more about everything everywhere all at once than it does about dr strange but it is just yeah it's it's something that you can't have that conversation without to, to your point and um the fact that they've had that long to build this up and you know and again this isn't detriment to i don't know what you know marvel and faggy and all that are, are talking about behind the scenes but just the everywhere you know at once um their explanation for a multiverse makes sense mm-hmm. like you don't have to have any history with it to get it and like i think the way in dr strange they tried to explain certain things it was like you you needed some knowledge that just going into this movie cold you know wouldn't give you and that, like I said, it's not a fault of Doctor Strange, right? But um, yeah, just just the idea uh, behind that movie. But I, I think what um, what this movie uh, did the best was, at least for me, um, establish that Wanda should just be the villain for the entire Phase Four until they get to whatever the big big bad is. Um, but I guess maybe the end of this movie wipes that out a bit. But um, because I think of the actors left, um, I, I think she showed that she can she can flip that switch and and be just as nasty um, uh, f- or and a foil for for them. Um, and I just from the from the uh, you know the introduction of American Chavez, um, the I I kind you you had to kind of without having any knowledge of her had to kind of insinuate certain things about her powers um, outside of the multiverse thing, which obviously they make a big point of. But the fact that, you know, she is super strong and all that as well. Um, and the whole being a nexus being and stuff. It's like, um, I don't know if they meant for her to be like mentioned elsewhere and the whole COVID screwing up the timeline for all this stuff, you know, made it seem different. But I liked her as a character, but I think they were expecting Doctor Strange to drop at a different point. Um, and maybe people would have, you know, seen her by now. I don't know. I just it just felt a little off for me. Um, but I am interested more interested to see her going forward than whatever Doctor Strange is doing with Charlie Theron. Real quick, uh, like Ant was talking about how uh, everything everywhere all at once basically did the multiverse better. And it it always comes out where Every time a Marvel movie drops or something comic book related drops, there's a lot of discourse around it. And obviously this one was no better. And it's like you have uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, rooting for her movie and saying this, that and the other thing. And then someone else rooting for a Marvel movie and all that. And I just kept I keep thinking to myself at the at the like bottom of all of this discourse is just Kevin Feige, who. You know, for all intents and purposes, is probably a really nice guy. And he's like, I just, you know, I just want to make these movies because I enjoy comic books. And I think a lot of that gets lost whenever a new Marvel movie comes out. Uh, mm-hmm. And because I've never heard, I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone badmouth the guy, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, like he, he, he 
was like Michael Bay and he was like Hitler or, you know, he was yeah. making us do long hours and this, that and the other thing. It just it seems everyone just gets caught up in these Marvel movies. And I don't think he wanted any of that. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't his extent of just saying, like, I want people to argue about this. It's just, he just wanted to make comic book movies. Yeah. The uh, to your point, um, the fact that um, there was probably as much studio interference with this movie as Spider-Man three. Yet Sam Raimi did not decide to give a giant middle finger um, to Kevin Feige in this movie. Um, just shows that he can, his working relationship with his directors. Um, yeah. You know, and the fact that he does pick different people and tries to take risk there. Um, I think, I think the thing that makes it different, which is why we're not, me and Anne aren't necessarily using one to bash the other, but oh, I think no, it's no. because the one can take more chances because it doesn't have the weight of the 25 movies before it. Um, I think there's 26 movies. Um, it's you know, up there, movies. yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't have the weight of the 25 movies plus the TV shows plus what if, you know, on it. Mm-hmm. You know, so everywhere, everything all at once can take a few risks and, you know, be out there a little bit. They don't, they don't have, they don't have this, you know, box to fit in. So they can, you know, tell a better, you know, overall story because they don't have to worry about, okay, this got to match up to movies 27, 28, and 30, you know, so we can't take this, you know. Um, so I think that's that's where the disconnect is for it um, in terms of, you know, playing around. I think by the time phase four is over, maybe we'll look back and go, oh, okay, I get it now. You know, once you see the full picture, maybe we'll appreciate some of this stuff. But I just think it's, it was a, it was a fun ride. Um, you know, not as much as Spider-Man was, but um it definitely kept my attention the whole time and i think that's honestly all they really want in these movies you know they don't want it to end up being the first two thor movie mm-hmm. yeah it was well i enjoyed it but yeah, um, yeah. all right seven's a perfect yeah uh i think that's uh all of our doctor strange and the multiverse of madness conversation we're gonna have so we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna listen to some ads and we will be back in a second and welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was Dan's pick, I believe. Yes, sir. All right. So why don't you tell us what movie you picked? I will. Uh, so this is a uh, a listener request. A, a good friend of mine mentioned uh, this movie. He had seen it before, thought it was right up our alley. And I would have to agree. I think this is uh, this checks all the boxes. I, I would uh, <laughs> I'd have to say uh, this movie is. Raw Force. I I didn't check the year. It's in the 70s. It's got to be the 70s, right? 1982. No way. Oh, man, this has 70s written all over it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, 1982's Raw Force. All right. And uh, where are you coming from with Raw Force? Oh, boy. Where am I coming from? Uh, I'm pretty sure this movie is going to land us on horny death row. (laughs) Like, my God. This movie... I at first it sounded like and looked like a softcore porno, and I thought we had been duped. <laughs> did, did, did this did this person just recommend a porno to us, and we're watching it? But uh, yeah, no, I'd never seen this before. Uh, I, I'd heard interesting things about it, and yeah, this movie is off the walls bonkers. It it has everything. Yep, it's got everything. Um, yeah, Mark, what about you? Where are you coming from? 
Yeah, so like with most of these movies, unless if they were mainstream releases, I had no idea going into the movie. And I think one of the best I one of the best descriptions I saw on Letterboxd that sums up what I was thinking is like the first three fourths of this movie are basically a softcore porn, and then zombie ninjas show up, <laughs> and it is just great. Um, I don't think I've really enjoyed completely parts of the boat stuff. I think I I, I kind of had a little more fun when they were. Um, I think up until they get to the party, um, mm-hmm. the guy's birthday party, um, I, I wasn't really vibing with it too much. Uh, but once that happens and then everything just kicks off from there, I had a lot of fun through the end of this movie. Uh, but yeah, it was just like, man, what they were able to get away with back then uh, with uh, some of these actors. Oh, yeah, you're just going to you're just going to be, you know, naked for your entire time in this movie. Like, <laughs> that's cool. You're good with that sure is the is is the guy going to be naked with you no no he's going to be fully clothed with a yellow shirt and a tie on <laughs> the, the yeah. outfits were a choice in this yeah. movie yeah <laughs> yeah and uh yeah it was just i i really wish this was a movie where i knew the actors names because i'm gonna have a hard time describing uh who i think is who um it, the girls confused the hell out of me for most of the movie mm-hmm. um uh, I th- I thought two of them were dead and they weren't. Um, but yeah, it was like I said. If you can get through that first slow part in the opening, um, when they're I guess they're introducing the characters, um, right. it it picks up pretty quickly after that. And um, yeah, I can't believe they. Well, I guess it was 1982, and a lot of things as we I can't believe they got rid of. But I can't believe the main villain for most of the movie looked exactly the way he looked and who he looked like. And nobody said a word. Um, right. I'm assuming he's supposed to be that because the one guy comes in with the helmet with the swastika on it. Um, yeah. But they never make that out to be the case. And it's just weird. Um, and also about Hitler. Yeah, Hitler. <laughs> yes. Yeah, everyone thinks he re- he escaped to Argentina when it's he really escaped to China, I yeah, guess. Then, yeah, <laughs> I think it's the Philippines. The Philippines. It, it was filmed in the Philippines anyway. Okay. Yeah, and then I ended up uh, without spoiling the end of this movie, but we'll go through the plot too. Um, he commits suicide? Question mark at the end. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what no, his I know, plan it's was. Like, it's like question mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it was just amazing. I loved it. Um, yeah, I'm glad the last half of the movie was good because I was going to be really mad at Dan. Okay. <laughs> As for me, I have heard of this movie before, but I've never seen it. I know Red Letter Media did a a review of this a while ago. It's, yeah, it's kitchen sink filmmaking, as I said in the Instagram post. They they throw everything at you. Uh, I I agree with Mark in terms of this movie really doesn't kick off until the party. And then once we see the half man that's bartending at the party that has a Rutherford B. Hayes beard (laughs) as well as a Gallagher haircut. That's when this movie changes for the better for me, because then he headbutts the ice brick and then grabs ice off the floor and puts it into a drink to serve to a customer. I think you pinpoint the exact moment when this movie turned and I didn't realize it until you said it. Yeah, that guy looked like the character from Masters of the Universe, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He his face looked like he was about 12, but the rest of him looked like he was about 48. 
Oh, it, it, I don't know what that, I don't know what look he was going for there. He might be single-handedly the most unique looking person that has ever been filmed before. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how I can describe him. That party is insane. I had <sighs> such, such difficulty writing down what was going on because we got, we got the dude from, from New York about the male, the male stripper. stripper. The yeah. Male stripper. <laughs> I'm the main attraction. What are the you main attraction? Oh. The Italian galleon or the stallion that, galleon. I was, was going to say, I, I think it's like something stallion, right? Something stallion. The stallion galleon. And then the cop is just like really offended by him for some Cookie. reason. Cookie from LAPD SWAT. From LAPD SWAT, who's a black belt and <laughs> in, in what we don't know. Yeah. Just a black belt. Yeah, there's... There's far too many characters in this movie, I will say, in terms of the ones that we actually get to know, especially mm-hmm. towards the, like w- the ones that get off the boat. Far too many. You cut yep. down, it, you cut them in half, and it'll be fine. The you know, but, I was I would say, uh, Mark brought up that <laughs> there were zombie uh, ninjas in this movie. They don't show up until an hour into the movie. Yep. Like th- there's a glimpse of one at the very beginning. You don't see them again until an hour later. The rest yeah. is just tits yep yeah i thought we almost we almost saw butthole at one point <laughs> yeah you bar. definitely see you definitely see some uh uh, uh I'm, I'm trying to think of a, a nice labia, way to say this labia yeah. majora yep you definitely see that <laughs> <laughs> with the, the girl who's tied up on the bed when yes. the nazi attacks yeah yes in the bar there's a stripper that like bends down was pretty sure we were going to see her butthole uh must have been some sort of special effects that prevented that from happening. Uh, but oh, I'll tell you, boy, this movie should have been a go chin movie because <laughs> Ray Malonzo martial arts circles around everybody else in this movie. It's night and day. It's incredible. He's really good. He's really good. And everyone else, like I, I was so upset when like when they're fighting the the ninja zombies and he almost gets taken back to their lair or whatever. And he has to get saved by the white guy. He was like, this guy is clearly the better martial artist. And now you're saying that the, he had to get bailed out. He, there's a scene where that guy toys around with another, uh, like the guy wearing the Superman shirt. Yeah. Who, who has a katana and he just walks up to him with no weapons and just beats the shit out of this dude. But then uh, the zombie somehow is able to give him a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's really good in this. And I, I, I hate the fact that these nameless white dudes just take away from how much we could have seen of him because he was so much fun to watch. I don't even know who he is. Yeah. His, so his name is Ray Malonzo. And I don't really know much about him. Let me see if I can find something. You're telling me that you think this one guy that was ship is better than beverly hills karate club <laughs> yes seriously I do. <laughs> uh, it's yeah i the the fight scenes when they when he's not involved are atrociously bad yeah. it like people clearly not getting hit and then flying backwards uh pe- for some reason when people would get choked out in this movie they would spit up blood i don't think that's how that works right when yeah, you get I choked know. i think you just die from asphyxiation that's usually what happens. Yeah. Uh, so you had the people who don't know how to kiss on the boat. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, what else did you have? Just... One guy that has no idea how genes work. Oh, oh yeah. my god, that was frustrating. <laughs> Jen thought that was Rick Moranis. He was like, <laughs> "Why is Rick great. Moranis in this movie?" Yeah, that so like that party scene. Getting back to because because to me it's the highlight of the movie. It's, it's, it takes up a half hour of the movie, and it's it's just an insane group of characters. Everyone's just looking to fuck, and they're all there for some nerd's birthday party. <laughs> yeah, like he does not fit the vibe at all. No, for that no, party. He, yeah, he he seems like he seems like he's the accountant, not yeah. the guy who's like the main hero is then accountant mm-hmm. apparently. Oh man, yeah, it's yeah. it's out of left field. It's like we got male strippers, we got a girl that killed her mob boyfriend for cheating on her. Oh, that's right. We got you know some girl that's a centerfold and she's talking to some some super Christian dude, it's some yeah. Bible thumper. Yeah, yeah. it's the you got, devil. You got Gimli serving drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, well, oh, the stripper even mentions like, you ever see so many wackos in one place? <laughs> yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And he's talking about how some starlet putting hundred dollar bills in my jock. That's <laughs> right. The the Bible thumper. What a weird conversation that was. Like so the 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 rich uh the the rich lady the the old rich lady that was she a wealthy dowager essentially? She's like she's like the the cruise director of some sort. I think I think she owns the boat. Or something like that, right? I guess she by owns the, the boat, and he and Cameron Mitchell's the captain. Yeah. By the way, the old lady's the old lady's boobs were dangerously close to falling out the entire movie. Yeah, especially when they're trying to get her off the boat too. Yeah, I was. Yeah. That's the scariest part of this movie. I was like, we're about to see some like granny boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think she? Uh, I was, was like, I can just let them fall out. We can just do that. Yeah, she no, desperately no, wanted no, that. No, let's try to, but no, just try to keep her cut if they fall out. <laughs> like I told you a thousand times, lady, we don't want to see that. Yeah, I think she, she and Cookie are like the only ones that don't have to take their tops off. Right, and she, and which was surprising because she's probably one of the one of the more attractive uh, actresses in the movie. Yeah. But I, I, I think. At one point, there's only like five, like five minutes span where you don't see boobs. Yeah, and it's it's like the director had whenever there was a cut, the director said, "All right, between every other scene, we need to see a naked lady." Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I I don't know how many times in the movie you see a naked lady, but it's got to be double digits. Yeah, I mean, it's what we get like three minutes in. That's right. Yeah, and this with the sex trafficking. Oh my god, how did I forget that? <laughs> Yeah. The movie opens with sex trafficking. Well, yep. you think it's sex trafficking. Oh, that's right. Yes. And they just want to eat them. They turn into cannibals. <laughs> oh, those guys, the the monks on Warrior Island. What a name. The the monks on Warrior Island might have been one of the creepier aspects of this movie because those guys were legitimate perverts. I'm yeah. I'm convinced they just found random pervs and said, "You want to be in a a pervy movie?" Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. It's just like the locals. Yeah, I'm, trying, I'm looking up, uh, looking up Jillian Kesner, who was uh, 
who played Cookie. So she seemed like she had a bunch of credits before this, so she probably was able to negotiate not getting not getting yeah. naked for this movie. And she wasn't terrible. Like she was convincing at least when she fought. Yeah. I thought she was probably second best in the fighting. Um yeah, and I but I I don't I can't tell you the name of the hero in, in this movie. The guy who like wore the Magnum PI shirt. Yeah. I who have was? I have no idea. No Jim, idea. maybe? Like, you, you mean the guy that was the technically the villain and breaking up marriage? <laughs> well, the other guy was a womanizer. He was he was a bad dude. Yeah, yeah. the Charles Bronson looking dude. Yes. Oh, my God. He looked just like <laughs> Charles Bronson. <laughs> and that was the shortest time to mourn somebody that I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. yeah. He was secretly, like, stoked when the husband died. Yeah. Yes, now I can have the wife all to myself. Yeah. And there's there's so many people on the boat that like weren't the heroes that I'm pretty sure didn't make it off of it. Like there's oh, the right. one guy in the skull cap that starts fight that has that very long fight scene with this with the Nazi biker. With the Nazi. Oh my god, that took forever that fight. And that's not one of our heroes. No, the yeah, just uh, a random dude. Yeah. The yeah, so the four of them don't make it off. Yeah. They that's like so many people disappear after the boat. And I assume it's because they all die. Right. He drowns. He drowns the Nazi biker. So I assume after that, then he goes to untie that girl. But the boat must blow up or sink with them on it. Right. We never see them again. They never see them again. That's a good point. I didn't realize that. (laughs) It's so weird, which is fine, though, because we have too many people that survive. Yeah. Too many people. Yeah. (laughs) This movie, again, the first the first act of this movie is our group in Singapore, I think it, they're, they're in China or the Philippines, something right. along those lines. And everyone is just super horny at all times. Mm-hmm. The second the, the entire middle of the movie is an orgy, essentially. Right. Yeah. Everybody's fucking everybody is. It, it, it holds no there's no point to it, by the way. None of this matters in the overall plot. It's just a rager. And mm-hmm. the final act is the zombie ninjas. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Like, wh- What movie have we done that is that that has laid out that way? <laughs> it's it's this is one of the most unique film experiences you'll ever come across. I'm just looking I at think the, that's fair to say. Looking at the cast list like. Like what happened to Gary, the dude that falls over the table in the dining room? Oh, Gary. <laughs> uh, girl in toilet, Steve, male stripper. Male never see what hap- we never have to see what happens to male stripper. Oh, that's right. He's probably dead. Yeah. He probably gets killed by the second rate of uh, village people. Yeah, none of these people, like, we see people die on the boat, but not enough to, like, say, yep, that's everybody. That's a good point. Yeah, because there was, there must have been at least 50, 60 people on that boat, it looked like. Yeah. Religious yeah. freak, no one sees, knows what happened to him. But, well, like, the only one we see die is basically the, the girl that Charles Bronson fucks. That's right. She gets, she gets the arrow in the back. And all the nameless crew members of the ship. Right, yeah. Who right, weren't uh, having fun at the party. Right. I, I'm assuming I'm assuming Jesus came down and saved the Bible guy. <laughs> he was raptured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, like one of the 
the the guy who was having a hard time getting the one woman's pants undone was trying to get help and God just, or Jesus said, you know, unfortunately I can't help you thinner. And then just like kicked him off the boat. They might've still been in the bathroom actually. <laughs> like they were this. saved because he still couldn't get the pants off. <laughs> That's great. The entire time the, the boat's under attack and he's just still trying to get her pants off. <laughs> I've never done this before. He says that I've never done this before. Yeah. You've never taken pants off my man. Right. And she's <laughs> no help though. It's like, no, after 30 seconds, she should have been like, you know what? I got it. Like, right. It's a button fly. I get it. You know, let me do it. Unless she was not feeling it. Yeah. And this was just like her she cry for like, help. Yeah. She was like holding her knees together, making it more difficult. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, there was definitely some rapey vibes on that boat. Yeah. And so that begs the question, what the fuck is Jesus freak doing there? There's no reason for him to be there. <laughs> just no. for the joke, right? Yeah. And where did they get him from? Where did he board from at the beginning? He must have been there from California, yeah. Okay. He uh, he must have been having a terrible time on that boat. <laughs> right. This this isn't the uh, the church boat. <laughs> yeah. I, but then that conversation is out of control because the old the, the wealthy dowager uh, introduces this one random girl to this the 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 bible thumper because he's the best looking guy on with the bartender not far away i mean <laughs> come on lady you you really didn't know how to pick him there but she, so introduces her to the bible thumper saying you're the most handsome person on this boat he says thank you as if that's not the weirdest thing he's ever heard and then the wealthy dowager goes and says oh she's going to be in like playboy or something you should totally hit it off and he's like fuck that that's disgusting you're you're a sinner what (laughs) but then the next scene after that the bartender you know puts on the moves on the cruise director yeah he had he says he'd been noticing her since california (laughs) what does that mean which it leads nowhere if you're wondering that's what this is this movie is just a bunch of scenes that lead nowhere yep it's just to kill the runtime until we get to the third act. Right. Yeah. And oh, God, even the third act is just out of control. Like, I, I feel like the, the movie kind of decreases in fun at the third act. Yeah. You, now, would, you would think uh, zombie ninjas would be a little bit more fun than it winds up being. Yeah. It, it's really boring because they they don't do much. They just kind of shamble around and get kicked in the face a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one. Yeah, no one gets eaten, right? None of the zombies eat anybody. No, uh, only uh, Charles. Only Charles Bronson dies. And he he gets slashed in the back. Yeah, and just like dies pitifully. Yeah, hours <laughs> I, later, because no one applies <laughs> pressure to his wounds. I think uh, <laughs> when he's being carried away, where the Charles Bronson <laughs> character is being carried away, you hear the wealthy dowager like, "Oh, I think he's gonna die." Just, he was a passenger on my boat. That's a line. We know that. Oh, yeah. So good. Her reaction to that woman's tits popping out at the party, too, was out of control, oh. too. Oh, my God. Look, her eyes go crossed. I thought she was going to faint. I thought so, too. It's like, why do you run in this, this sex boat and you can't handle uh, seeing some tits? Well, those the male stripper. Right. Well, see, now this is unfair. We don't see any dong in this movie. That's true. Yeah. You know, it is just one-sided. all just all TNA. No dong. No yeah. one hangs dong. Yeah, we see tons of bush. Yep. 
as we mentioned, labia. And I'm going to be honest. Are you, were you, any of you guys worried that like the, uh, the Asian actresses did, did it cross your mind that some of them might not be up to, you know, like, you know, up to speed with age and everything. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm going to say that they're all 18, but, uh, I hope so. I'm sure they didn't really check very hard. That's what I'm saying. Right. Because I feel like, you know, you're, you're overseas. They probably don't really care that much. Like, hey, you want to be in a movie? Don't yeah. check ID or whatever. I, yeah. I feel like we're definitely tiptoeing that line with this movie. Yeah, it might have been the girl that gets the uh, gets slashed in the beginning because she's actually get naked. Very possible. <laughs> <laughs> any one of them. Any one of yeah. them. Very possible. Yeah. So Raw Force from 1982 is directed by Edward D. Murphy. He only did one other movie, Heated Vengeance. His only other directed film, but he did play Liquor Cop Number One in Goodfellas. Nice. Real quick, how Sorry. is his other movie not Raw Force Two? Right? Yeah, disappointing. At the end of the movie, it says to be continued. Yeah, I would have liked <sighs> to have seen the sequel. Yeah, now I'm really bummed out. Yeah, <laughs> it stars Cameron Mitchell, Hope Holiday, Jeffrey Binney, Jillian Kesner, John Dresden, Ray Malonzo, Carla Reynolds. Carl Anthony and Ralph Lombardi has an IMDb score of 5.4 and Rotten Tomato score of 43% audience only. And I could not find any budget or box office numbers, which I'm assuming was zero for both. Yeah, this is a wild one. Yeah, yeah. but I'll tell you what, I had fun with it. Yeah, I enjoyed myself with this. I, like I said, the zombie ninjas, little less fun than expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought I when I saw that, in the letterboxed reviews, I thought, okay, I thought it was going to be more of a horror type movie. Mm-hmm. It, it's completely opposite. It, I, there's no horror whatsoever. It's just like, a, it's a drug movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all sex and drugs. I, I, you know what? If this movie just kept up the crazy party and that was just the whole movie, I think it would have been more fun. Yeah. Why not have the zombie ninjas on the boat? Yeah. Coming up on the boat. Yeah. Right. That would have been pretty badass. Yeah, that's a just a I would I want to spend more time in that party because that party is just fucking crazy. That, that that's the party to end all parties, man, because yeah. for the most part, everyone seemed like they're really into it. Everybody's fucking everybody's yeah. getting it in that night. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, for this guy's birthday, who I don't know how he knows any of these people. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's so, so such a square comparably. And he's he's about to uh, fuck a woman that committed murder. <laughs> oh, his line reading not great, by the way. <laughs> he's so just surprised by everything. All right, what what was the one line reading? I forget what the the point is. But like that's sick. Like wh- what were they talking about? Do you remember? Oh yeah, they were talking about how the girl, the one that killed her boyfriend, she had I don't know if it was the same boyfriend, but she had a boyfriend that couldn't get off unless she did a strip tease for him prior that's right that's which right. is like super tame in terms of fetishes or kinks <laughs> well that's what it's a fetish right she calls yeah. it a fetish it's like yeah, that's I, sick that's sick because <laughs> i forget who they're talking to are they talking to the strip male stripper about they might have been yeah and i forget like he brings up some sort of fetish or something I can't recall. I just I just remember him saying that's sick and it's yeah. not sick. It's just a dance. Oh, I think he's just talking about 
being a male stripper and everything. Okay, like his experiences, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it, that I would like to have seen a little bit more from the male stripper too. Like, how is he not? One of... <laughs> he was my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> how and is he might... not alive at the end? Yeah, it might just be because he's got that thick Brooklyn accent or whatever it is, Bronx. Maybe he was a real male stripper. <laughs> And he needed to go back to stripping. Yeah. Like, he couldn't be on set for longer <laughs> than a day. Like I, I like I can't. I'm losing money here. I need to go back. <laughs> I have clients. Oh <laughs> bang, man. It's bang bang Bart. <laughs> yeah. <I'm a> male stripper. <laughs> I think people's I'll tell you what, people's expectations and their standards pretty low in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not the yeah. best looking male stripper no he's not at all <laughs> um, yeah but i think that jesus freak i mean like i mean compared to everybody else i suppose he's the best looking guy on the boat uh, he had a nice lacoste shirt on so he did there goes <laughs> now he's idea. got money right yeah th- those lacoste shirts are probably you know they're pretty penny 1982 but... they might have been like nine dollars <laughs> well i don't again no reason to, no reason to have him on the boat and they don't show you him being killed off so kind of a waste yeah there's so many people that are on that boat and just like yep something happened to them who knows <laughs> I, I think they just lost money like the budget right they yeah. couldn't we can't have you guys anymore so you just disappear yep <laughs> you guys want to get into the plot i, I think that's a it. good idea yeah all right, Dan, what do you got for us? All right, just going to give a quick shout out to our good friends over at Geek Vibes Nation, Tia and Brittany, their top 10 podcast, uh, Tia's top 10. So go over to geekvibesnation.com, just search top 10 with Tia, should pop right up. Follow Tia at TC underscore Stark on Twitter. Brittany is itty bitty Brit as well, so go check them out. Okay, great. And we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some ads from Friends of the Podcast. And we'll be back in a second. Hey, everyone. This is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribed to the best little horror house house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into the plot for raw force and just letting you know uh it's all over the place we open on a group of very nervous women being transported via seaplane to southeast asia plane lands and awaiting their arrival are a group of hooded figures probably monks the women are escorted off the plane by a group of toughs and an older gentleman in a white suit and a hitler mustache I forever call from this point on Hitler mustache. He Hitler mustache introduces 
himself as Mr. Spear and the monks then immediately demand the women be stripped of their clothes. The, the toughs strip the girls and then the monks put them on a scale weighed on the other side by rocks. The monks order one of the girls off saying she's too skinny and they don't want to buy her. The rocks are jade and the trade is for an even weight of women for jade. <laughs> Just, I, you know, it's a barter system, you know, I better than capitalism. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch on to that until you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also fairly sure that it, the, uh, the actors wanted to see the women naked and not in the script. <laughs> yeah. But the director's like, okay, yeah, go with that. Yeah. It, there's, not, there's a non-zero chance that these girls are being stripped against their will in real life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I, I hesitate. I, I shuddered to think about like what that was like for them yeah it's not great not great so they load up the plane with the jade and the girl they took off the scale tries to get back on the plane but one of the toughs just punches her right in the stomach and hitler hitler stash gets back on the plane and they leave the monks approach the girl like they're about to rape her but then a zombie ninja which is the only way to explain it pops out of the brush and seemingly chops her in half with a katana oh man and he may have the best makeup of the zombies, <laughs> sure, yeah. He it's just a, like the hero dude, zombie, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a white dude with a mustache. Yeah. Oh, he's probably one of our heroes too. It, like the actor, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah. And then we immediately cut to a couple of white dudes in a cab heading to the Los Angeles port to get on a boat. Um, I don't know the name of a single character in this movie besides uh, besides our favorite uh gung cho or something like that <laughs> i guess i don't really know his name either no, yeah, I, I don't Go know Chin. anybody i know the captain the wealthy dowager uh magnum pi <laughs> the real martial arts expert yes and then uh charles Pierce, bronson charles bronson yeah uh they get to the pier and the boat director calls them out as members of the burbank karate club Cameron mitchell looks on as the captain of the ship as he talks with the boat cook who, according to the director, is good at the kung fu stuff. Then everybody gets on and the bolt pulls up anchor. And there's a martial arts exhibition as two guys fight with some bow staffs. And then one of the white dudes in a speedo tries to come onto a woman he thinks is alone. But her husband comes back from the bar, Charles Bronson, with some martinis, as he says. <laughs> and meanwhile, the martial arts exhibition just wrecks the fucking place as windows are broken and Cameron Mitchell freaks the fuck out at the, at the director. I liked how when they're giving that demonstration and they break the window, they don't skip a beat. Yep. Like, oh, that was supposed to happen. (laughs) Then the exhibition continues and they ask for a female volunteer and Cookie volunteers, but she doesn't tell the instructor that she's on the LAPD SWAT team. And when the instructor tries to show her some self-defense moves, she gets the best of him and neutralizes him. Yeah, see, what's the line? She's like, I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The boat then reaches the destination and the director tells the cook that some passengers want to go to an island as known for its monks. Well, we will eventually know as Warrior Island. He tries to tell her not to because he's superstitious. Uh, it's supposed to be some it's bad omens, basically. She tells him he shouldn't be so superstitious. So the passengers get off and go watch a martial arts fight and they go shopping at a Chinese drugstore. And then Charles Bronson tells the women that they're going to go back to the boat because their feet hurt. <laughs> leaving the women in a marketplace all by themselves with um, but, all that stuff yeah but then they get in the cab and charles bronson really wants to just go to a cat house as he says 
Meanwhile, the girls are going to a jade dealer, and it's run by Hitler Mustache, who is having a conversation with the tough from earlier, who is demanding a higher cut. Uh, meanwhile, Hitler Mustache goes to the cat house, just as those two white dudes from Burbank go inside. But Hitler Mustache takes a sign off his truck to reveal another sign that says police, and then goes inside. I don't really understand what's going on here. I don't understand. Is he police? No, there's it, no need to have the police sign. So they eventually, and then what's about to happen is that uh, they they do a, a fake raid, right? But yes. I don't know why he knew those guys were going to be there. No, he, he says that now's the perfect time to do it because there wouldn't be anybody there. But those two guys just happened to be there, unfortunately. Gotcha. But why are they... Them. Oh, so I, they're stealing the women, right? Yes. That's, yep. the, that's the plan. They're stealing the women. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, for, I forgot that he says that there wouldn't be anyone there. And I was like, I felt like they were going there on purpose to get the guys. Um. So while one of the guys samples some sort of the wares, the Charles Bronson character, the other guy has a drink and talks to the proprietor, telling her that they're going to Warrior Island. So Hitler Mustache overhears him talking and tells him to stay away from Warrior's Island. And then his crew busts down the door and raids the cat house. So the two white guys jump out the window as the cops, quote unquote, cops raid it and get away. And they meet up with Cameron Mitchell and a few other guys from the boat at a bar where there's a bunch of naked girls dancing and we almost see butthole. And Cameron Mitchell goes to the bar, to the bathroom, and then the Jade uh, Tough follows him to the bathroom and pulls a knife on him, telling him to come with him. As they're about to walk out, the cook, Go Chin, stops them, and a full-on martial arts bar fight breaks out, and Go Chin just kicks everybody's asses. He toys uh, with these people. It's great. Yeah. He's like the only professional martial artist in this movie. Uh, and then the white guys pretend to do some martial arts, but Go Chin just takes care of all the toughs. The girls never stop dancing. And as the tough tries to get away, one of the white guys flying kicks one of the van's windows, but ultimately it drives away. And I guess he breaks his foot, but also he's not one of our heroes. I don't remember him being the super slow mo shot of him yeah. fly, flying through the air. Right. He would have shredded his foot. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's the second in command. In the, OK. The OK. So he does make it to the island. Right. Because yes, he, he he limps around the rest of the movie. And he's into Eileen, right? The girl yeah. that gets captured. He's the guy who doesn't know how to kiss. Right. Right. He he like swallows that one woman's face. Yeah. Because that's that's Eileen, I believe. Yeah, um, I, it could be for all I know. I be, so I think Eileen is Cookie's friend. Because the, yeah, it's there. All the women look alike. All the guys look alike. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, especially the like the women are all blonde. Yeah. Yeah, even the one that uh, killed her boyfriend. Uh, the next morning, the ship leaves and Hitler mustache is annoyed because it's heading to Warriors Island, which is where the Jade supplier is. Tough tells him next time they won't miss when they try to stop them. And then after the boat departs, there's a party in the boat. And some male stripper from the Bronx talks to Cookie and annoys her enough to, that she walks away from, the, from him to go to the bar to get a drink. And the bar is being tended by a guy that looks 15 and 51 at the same time but also has a Rutherford B. Hayes beard and Gallagher haircut. And he headbutts an entire block of ice, then picks up some pieces off the floor to put in Cookie's drink. So it was both 10 and 40 years ago. Yes, exactly. <laughs> how how quickly do Cookie's panties hit the floor, do you think, when he breaks his uh, breaks the ice with his head? She's into it, yeah. <laughs> she was loving it. Like, yeah. I like this guy. This guy, you know, he he knows what's up. What'd that mouth do? <laughs> exactly 
<laughs> the party is for someone who is turning 30 and the guy just doesn't fit the vibe at all. A couple trying to fuck in the bathroom. The guy can't get the woman's pants off. There's a woman talking about fetishes while the male, male stripper is talking about getting $100 bills in his jock. One of the girls tries to talk to one of the guys about a centerfold she's going to be in and shame, and he shames her and tells her that she's doing the centerfold for, for the devil. It's absolute chaos. Then, <laughs> There's the, yeah, no rhyme or reason to this party. <laughs> then one of the white guys from the karate school, I think, all these guys look the same to me, winds up in a bedroom with one of the girls that I think is Eileen and they fuck. Married guy with the martinis is in another room with a redhead while his wife is talking to one of our heroes, maybe. And another one of the guys from the bar fight describes it to Cookie and falls down in the restaurant, knocking an entire table of food over. That's Gary, I believe. Yeah, because they yell out Gary. (laughs) She yells at Gary like he's falling down a chasm. (laughs) Then a girl and the birthday stiff are in a bedroom and she gets undressed and talks about how she's trying to get out of the country because she's trying to avoid a murder rap for killing her mob boyfriend for cheating on her. And then Hitler stash sends his goons to take over the boat. The redhead that Charles Bronson was with gets shot in the back with an arrow. The birthday guy and the girl get accosted by a Nazi biker. He knocks out the guy and ties the girl to the bed. I guess he kills the guy because the guy never wakes up. We we never see him again, so I'm assuming he's dead. Yeah. Meanwhile, our white dude hero in the Hawaiian shirt fights some dudes and winds up killing one. Then Gochin just starts fucking up some dudes, too. Meanwhile, Cookie and the other guys are fighting off people in the dining room. Real quick, I'm sorry. The... The Nazi biker and the boyfriend, when they fight, I think the girlfriend who's tied up, I think she's turned on by it. That's what I thought the turn was going to be. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like that, that like she was like, like cause to, to feed back into like the whole fetish conversation. I thought it was going to be like, she was going to be into being tied up. Yeah. And then like whoever wins gets her apparently. Yeah. But that wasn't she, the case. Right. And she was just they were going to go down banging on the boat. Mm. It was like Titanic. Exactly. That's exactly like Titanic. (laughs) That's what I remember. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Cameron Mitchell sends his first mate to make a mayday call, but the first mate gets chopped by a fire axe. And there's a really long fight scene between Nazi biker and one of the mustached guys. And one of the girls, Eileen, gets taken by one of the toughs and thrown overboard. And then they set the ship on fire. Cameron Mitchell tries to put out the fire, but the hose doesn't work, so they start deploying the lifeboats. That was a long scene that didn't really go anywhere. Nope. <laughs> Turn it on, goddammit! It is oh, on. Oh, and the and the flames. Great special <laughs> effects with <laughs> yes. the flames. It, yeah. It, it it's something that would uh that makes a Neil Breen movie look competent. Yeah. It's like a superimposed just fire. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone starts piling into lifeboats Mitchell has to go fetch the director who's trying to rescue all the money eventually all the survivors wind up on a life raft and Hitler Stash and his man make it to Warrior Island and sell a few girls including Eileen to the monks and Hitler Stash says that the monks eat the girls because they believe that female flesh gives them power to raise the dead which they 100% do <laughs> only a half truth <laughs> the survivors on the raft float you were going to say something? yeah I was like I I like it going back to your point earlier in the podcast about this being like kitchen sink filmmaking. Mm. Like this is the point where they just go, Oh, now they're cannibals. Yeah. Right. Like, let's just throw that in there. They're cannibals now. Yeah. The survivors on the raft float aimlessly saying the raft is taking on water and may have a day tops before it sinks. Hitler stashes plane flies by the raft and Hitler stash curses his man for not destroying the life raft while they were on the boat. 
Eventually, the survivors see land and head towards it and land on shore. And the captain believes it's Warrior Island. And Gochin believes they shouldn't be on this island. Meanwhile, Charles Bronson's husband continues to be of no help to anyone, drinking himself silly. They set out on the island looking for anything in terms of help or a settlement. Make it to a lake and decide to camp for the night. And then one of our heroes talks to Charles Bronson's wife and she says she doesn't love him anymore. And he says, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard or something like that. I'm so glad to hear you say that or something like oh, that. that. Yeah, he's like super pumped that they don't, that she's in a loveless relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I mean, Charles Bronson has given us no reason to think that he, that she should like him. Even when like they're getting on the life, but he just sits in the middle of the lifeboat while they're trying to put it overboard. <laughs> Get off, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and she she sticks up for him. Like, oh, you know, he's not such a bad guy. He just drinks a lot. <laughs> no, then he's not a good guy. Yeah. Uh, in the morning, they make it to the cemetery that they recognize from the brochure. <laughs> Cameron Mitchell says, this must be the place where they bury the goddamn Kung Fu masters. <laughs> such a good line. <laughs> and then Hitler's stash pops up from behind a headstone and fires a bazooka at the survivors. And they, then a gunfight ensues. And Go Chin just kicks even more ass. I really wish this movie was about Go Chin, if I'm being honest. It should have been. It should have yeah. been just solely about him. Yep. And Cameron Mitchell shoots wildly. Some goons get killed. And then our Hawaiian shirt hero steals the bazooka from Hitler's stash. Says that he recognizes him. And the goons wind up losing all their guns and they run, leaving the survivors in the cemetery. And uh, my Magnum P.I. mentions that that's who he saw at the cat house. When the monks pop up and tell the survivors to come with them, they go to the monks hideout. They have a sit down. The survivors ask for a boat and the monks say that they must prove their fighting skills by fighting their champions. So they are given a meal and the survivors have a meal. Meanwhile, the monks raise the dead in order to fight the survivors as the monks chow down on some barbecued women. Eileen being the only one they haven't eaten quite yet. And the survivors hear some screaming. One of the girls that is a prisoner mentions that one of the girls the monks have is an American. So the guys storm the monk temple and bust through and rescue Eileen before she gets cooked. Then a bunch of zombie kung fu masters come out of the woods to attack the survivors. They try to shoot the zombies, but it doesn't work, so they run. Some kung fu action happens with Go Chin just kicking some major ass again. Charles Bronson gets Pretty much whenever his name is mentioned, just assume he's kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah, and... Obviously, none of these people have seen um, Night of the Living Yeah, new to, you know, take off their heads. Yeah. Only one guy does, and it's at the very end. Yeah. Yeah, we do have a decapitation. Uh, mustache husband, uh, Charles Bronson, gets sliced in the back from a katana, but this is all the go-chin show. So survivor make, the survivors make a break for it over a rope bridge, and Cameron Mitchell is able to burn the bridge and separate themselves from the zombie kung fu masters. By the morning, the survivors manage to make it to the Spears plane. And Charles Bronson dies on the way back, though. I, I think this is where it gets like super messy. Yeah. And just like I, I lost all interest as soon as they're they're trying to get to the plane. And it takes forever for them to to leave with the plane. And there's talks about Piranha. It's it's such a clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the morning, survivors managed to make the Spears plane and most of the dies. They get to the plane and two white guys go to check out the plane to make sure it's safe. And they also notice the jade mine, which Hitler stash and his tough are in the mine securing the last of the jade for the plane. Survivors plan to hotwire the plane, but then Hitler stash pops up with a gun ready to shoot them. But then Hitler stash and his tough gets blindsided by zombie Kung Fu masters. And they 
Then we get some more Kung Fu action as our heroes and Go Chin kicks some zombie Kung Fu master ass. Though I think it's offensive that at one point Go Chin has to be rescued by one of these other guys, given that he is easily the best martial artist in the whole movie. No, but and, he's part of the Beverly Hills uh, Karate Social. So. That's true. Yeah. Of course, he's he's the best martial artist in this movie. <laughs> every, every now and then, people need help. All right? <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> As they're fighting the zombies, Hitler's stash tries to make a break for it with the plane, but one of our heroes tracks him down and fights him on the plane. Hitler's stash then hits him with a jade rock, then tries to swim back to shore, but then gets eaten by piranhas. And more fighting with the zombie kung fu masters happen until eventually one of our heroes lights some sort of explosives and, and tosses it onto the dock, which then explodes and then causes several explosions for no particular reason. And all of our heroes fly off with a whole bunch of jade and everyone gets paired up and then one of our heroes winks at the camera, and Tubi continued appears on screen. And that's the end of Raw Force. They, they didn't actually make a sequel. They did not. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, what a wasted no. opportunity. Yeah. I, I had a good time with this. It's wild. It's fun for the most part. I think, like like we said, the most fu- the most fun is before the zombie kung fu masters even get introduced. Um, yeah. I, yeah again, I wish it was just on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Which is surprising, because you would think zombie kung fu masters would be the most fun part of it. Right. I like. I feel like you you throw that in there. Cannibals, zombie ninjas. I mean, that's the that's a recipe for a lot of fun. Yeah. And it 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 seemed like it, they just kind of, you know, no pun intended. They they blew their load early on the on the boat. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it moves pretty quick though. The whole movie. Yeah. Which is which is good. You know, it it never it doesn't really seem to be like that much. I mean, we said that like the beginning kind of drags a little bit, but even not that terribly. But. I, I thought that for the most part, it, it gets you from point A to point B at a decent speed. Uh, I, I think it. this is a movie that didn't know what it wanted to be at the mm. end of the day. Yeah. Did it did it want to be a horror movie or did it want to be like a kung fu movie? Uh, it's it it a Right, does it want to be a porno? It succeeds at none of those. <laughs> <laughs> Rest assured, nothing is achieved in this movie. Yeah. All right, I don't yeah. think any lessons are learned. Nope, I don't right? think so. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I mean, the one girl doesn't have to worry about her drunken, philandering husband ever ever again. Right. Yeah, the the captain, it. the captain and the wealthy dowager are now rich with Jade. Yeah, and they're so. in love with each other now. I guess so, right? I, I think that's what we're supposed to take away from that end scene. Uh, yeah, so they're rich. They're going to get a new boat. Uh, the guy who doesn't know how to kiss will continue to not know how to kiss with his new girlfriend. Yeah, everybody wins. Everyone gets exactly what they want. Yeah. I was going to be so upset if they didn't introduce the piranha, by the way. <laughs> they, they talk about the piranha the second they get on the island. Like, oh, better be careful. There's piranha in there. You yeah. know how Asian piranha are different from African piranha? Uh, no, how do you know? And like, it was it was Chekhov's piranha. <laughs> yeah, uh, even even Go Chin gets a girl at the end. That's right. Who is that? Uh, she was the one that told them about the America. She was like sort of the the one girl the monks were keeping alive to basically be their slave. Okay. Yeah, she. Kind of, I I just remember looking up. And she's on the plane. Like, who is that? I guess yeah. she was on the boat the whole time. I don't know. No, she was there, and I think, and they they rescue her. Okay, 
yeah, then yeah, Gochin gets he gets his girl. Everybody gets somebody. Mm-hmm. So I guess all's well that this movie. You know what this movie needed? What a freeze frame. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the only way you make this movie better. Yeah, I would say so. It, and it should have been him winking at the camera. <laughs> freeze frame with him winking at the camera. Yeah, that'd been good. Yeah, this definitely feels like a movie that would have a freeze frame. Yeah, yeah, very unfortunate that it didn't. But you know, it has everything else. So yeah, this feels yeah. very much like Savage Beach. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. Savage Beach has the World War Two uh, samurai, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who doesn't know that the war is over. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's a big parallel. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for for this episode. Nice, nice and quick. Getting you to point A to point B very quickly, just like uh, Raw Force. Yeah, we got a uh, great episodes coming up i think probably we've got our uh our april movie of the month or we're not in april anymore we're in may jeez we're in may, yeah. may may movie of, of the month will be coming up our poll should be coming up soon look out for that on twitter at ticktam pod and yeah so check us out on all our socials you'll probably hear it at the end of this show and uh yeah that's gonna wrap us up the director of Raw Force is Edward D. Murphy. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Dovecchio telling Edward D. Murphy, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? Thanks for listening to They Called Us a Movie. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TicTamPod. That's T-C-T-A-M-Pod. You can also check us out on TikTok at They Called Us a Movie.